Well, good morning. How y'all doing? It is good to be together, whether you are here in this room or you are joining us online. We are glad you are with us. I'm Reverend Nicole Riley, lead and teaching pastor here, and I'd love if you want to follow along. We actually have on our church app sermon notes, and they'll help you kind of follow along. They'll give you the scriptures for this week and all the good stuff. So today is uh, the first Sunday in Lent, and a little bit about Lent. So Lent is this season of 40-plus days where we are preparing ourselves for Easter. Our Orthodox brothers and sisters call this season a season of bright sadness. Bright sadness. And that's because it's a season where we journey with Jesus to the cross But we also know where the cross leads to the glory that is Easter. And so it is sad, but there is also a brightness to this time. And it's a time where you and I are called to prepare ourselves, prepare our hearts, prepare our lives for Easter. Now, how do we do that? I mean, we know how to prepare when we're having a big party, right? Do you remember when we used to have big parties, right? You'd remember the things you needed to get and, you know, all the stuff. Or uh, I just went through a season where Jeff and I were preparing for our son's wedding. So, you know, you have all this sense of what you need to do for those kinds of things. How do we prepare our hearts for Easter? Well, a, a couple things that you might do if you haven't already decided kind of what your practices are going to be for this season of Lent. And the first is um, to make worship a priority. You know, we're really excited about um, what we're going to be working on this Lent. We're talking about being restored. And there's also a, a book in small groups that are part of this as well if you'd like to participate. Um, worship is each Sunday, but it's also when we get to Holy Week, which isn't until April 10th, but believe me, it'll come like it's tomorrow. Um, we have special things that go on in that week. We have a special Palm Sunday service, and then we have this time where we gather for Holy Thursday. We do Stations of the Cross and worship, and then we have this wonderful Good Friday service. And then Easter, we have 8.30, 9.45, and 11. They only give me like 10 minutes to preach. It's really tough on me. So I'm going to make up for it during Lent. So So all of this is, of course, on the website if you want to check it out. So these are a couple things that, you know, prioritizing worship. Another thing that's important, a way we can prioritize and and move into the season of Lent and get ready for Easter is, is a historical thing people often do during Lent, and that's give up something. And not just like give up spinach and Brussels sprouts, but like give up things that you really like a lot. Sometimes that'll be food that you like or drink that you like or dessert, uh, social media, all kinds of things people give up during this time. Um, I am going to be fasting on Mondays for 24 hours and praying for the people of Ukraine. And so if you want to join me in fasting and praying, that would be great. Um, you can just do it. You can let me know so I can be in prayer for you too. I'm not a really good faster myself because I really like food. 
So we'll, we'll see how this goes. But I want to tell you, fasting can look in a lot of ways. So if you would like to fast, maybe you couldn't do 24 hours without food. Maybe that's not good for you. Um, but you could do something like eating one meal or eating more of a plain diet during that time. And oftentimes then people will take um, the money they would have spent on food and give that to a charity. So give that maybe to what's going on in Ukraine right now. So those are a couple things, right? We can prioritize worship. We can look at giving up something. And then the last one is I want to invite you to enter into maybe a, a time when you're doing an Advent, I mean an Advent, a Lent devotion. Um, we have a really great Lenten devotion that is on our app and also on the church website. And it um, links the ideas and the scriptures of the season to artwork from Vincent van Gogh. And so if you look online for it, you'll see different paintings and you click on the hyperlink and it will take you to the painting that it's talking about. So that's another way that you can grow during the season. Um, and one last thing I just want to mention is how important it is to serve in the season of Lent. So Michelle was talking about uh, Bridge to Home. We always have a challenge getting people to sign up for the meals that we provide. So I'd, I'd love it if you'd check that out as well. So those are some ideas on what you could do to prepare yourself, to prepare your heart for the coming of Easter. So today, we begin our series called uh, Restored, and we're talking about what it means to be restored by God. And if you were here Ash Wednesday, you heard some of why I love this word. Now, my mom, who is in her 80s now, when I was a child, our usual thing to do on a Saturday was to go to garage sales. Any of the rest of you do garage sales? It's not as much a thing anymore, right? But then she, my mother would get all these great, she'd get a great old chair, or she'd get a great dresser or table, and she'd scrape off all that paint and she'd make it into something beautiful. We actually still have some of those pieces that she did um, in our house now. And I learned that to restore something is an act of love. Now, my mom, she was acting and loving on some old furniture that she was restoring, but for God... The restoration is much bigger because God in this season works to restore us. That's what Lent is about. It is about how through Jesus and his cross, we are restored to who we are deep down inside. And who are we deep down inside? Well, deep down inside, all of us are created in the image and the likeness of God. We are created in God's image. Not that we look like God, because we are diverse in how we look, but it's like we have God's fingerprint on our heart, and we are called to live in the way of God. We're called to look at how we treat one another, how we spend our time and money, how we uh, care for the world around us. And because we have this image of God that we were created in, we're called to live in God's way. 
We're called to be the people who live in a way that reflects God's image in us. Now, I know a lot of times we look around at the world and we don't see a lot of that image being reflected. And that's um, how the world is. There's so much that can distort this image of God in us, but it is there. And Lent is about the work of restoration. So today, we're going to start our series by talking about restoring where we stand. And what I mean by that is restoring where we stand, how we stand before God. And we're going to look at two texts today. One is going to talk about um, the two different places we could stand. And then the second one is a traditional text for this first Sunday, and it's the story of Jesus' temptations. And we're going to look at how Jesus' temptations are our temptations also. So, let's start with our first text today, which is from Luke 18, 9 through 14. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So we have a parable about contrast. Who are these two people? Well, the first one is identified as a Pharisee. And you might not know a lot about the Pharisees, but the Pharisees were members of a religious and political group. They were people who um, believed strongly in the resurrection, and they were folks who were focused on living out the traditions and the laws of the faith. Not just the ones in the Bible, but ones that were kind of handed down to them, traditions from their fathers. The Pharisees cared deeply about the faith. They were devoted to their practice, and they were well-respected by the people in the community. But the tax collector, well, tax collectors were a hated group of people. They were seen as traitors. They were seen as thieves, and they were shunned in popular society. So the surprise of the parable And parables are often about turning things upside down. The surprise of the parable is that the tax collector's prayer, not the Pharisee's prayer, is the one that's acceptable before God. And it's shocking. It was to those first people who heard it. This text has some implications for us. 
as we come today. It gives us a good foundation as we begin this season of Lent because it shows us where and how we are to stand before God. So first, you and I are invited to stand honestly before God. You know, that's the thing about the tax collector. He was sure real about what was going on with him. He wasn't pretending he was better than. He was being himself before God. Lent invites us to do the same. It invites us to stand honestly before God and to ask ourselves to look at our lives and to see where we haven't been honest. Maybe we haven't been honest with ourselves. We haven't been honest with others. Maybe we haven't been honest with God. We haven't, we haven't brought to God the true things going on in our life. Sometimes we don't bring the things in our life to God that we're not honest with God about what's going on with us because, well, I think there's several normal reasons why we tend to do this. The first is sometimes we haven't made our relationship with God a priority so when we check in with God, we, we want to show our best face to God. We want, to, we want to take the upper road instead of actually acknowledging the state we're in. Sometimes we're not honest before God because we've heard from God the direction we are to go in our lives, but we've kind of pushed it to the side. We're not really willing to do that yet. Sometimes we're not honest before God because we have a lot of judgments, like that Pharisee. A focus on others instead of a focus on ourselves. So think about where you are and your level of honesty in your faith journey with God. And there's no judgment here today. We just want us to reflect on our own lives and how honest we're able to be with God. I think as we begin Lent, it's a good place to start, not to fix it, but just to acknowledge where we're at. Okay, so second, we're invited to stand humbly before God. So if we're going to be honest with God, I think it will lead us to stand humbly before God. No one is better than anybody else. Sometimes people think that pastors are better. But if you know any pastors, you know they are not. Right? After the first service, someone came up to me and said, I agree pastors are not better, but what about doctors? Maybe doctors are better. He was joking. He's a retired doctor. So I just had to laugh. Right? Nobody is better than anybody else. We are all the same. A problem for the Pharisee in our text is he forgot that. He forgot who he was before God, and he became proud. And it seems that one of the things God has no patience for is when we become proud, when we think we're better than others. So where we stand as we begin this season of Lent is we stand honestly before God. We stand humbly before God. But here's the thing. There's all kinds of stuff that tempts us in other directions. There's all kinds of things that make us push aside being honest and humble. What are those things? 
Well, in our second text, we hear about Jesus' temptations and how these temptations are our temptations as well. So let's look. This is Matthew 4, 1 through 11. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterward he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. But Jesus said to him, Again, it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their splendor. And he said to him, all of these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him and suddenly angels came and waited on him. Now, this is one of my favorite texts as we start this season because this is a text that probably about 20 years ago, one of my teachers explained to me, and it was one of those, you know, aha moments where it not only helped me understand the text, but it helped me understand something deep about life and about my life. So I want to share that with you. We start off with Jesus in the wilderness. He is in this time of fasting. He is preparing himself for ministry. And there he meets three temptations that are universal to all of us. They are appetite, affirmation, and ambition. So now all three of these are part of all of our lives, and all three of these are a natural part of our lives, but all of them can go off track. All of them, when they're put in control of our lives, can turn our lives upside down. And this clouds our vision about where we stand before God. So let's look at them in order. First is appetite. It's from this part of the text at the beginning. The tempter came and said to Jesus, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, it is written, one does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. This first temptation is the temptation of appetites. And of course, it would be a temptation here for Jesus if he has fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. It's a normal temptation. We are all tempted when we have not been eating. But we also see that there is trouble for us here as well, even if we aren't fasting. We all have appetites, 
And sometimes our appetites drive us to do things that are not where we want to be. Sometimes it's an appetite for food, but sometimes it's an appetite for money or for control or for possessions. This is a temptation that is all about our lack of trust in God providing for us. We have this underlying belief that we don't have enough and that if we're going to get enough in this life, we can't trust God to provide. No, we have to reach out and grab it for ourselves. Historically, the church has known that this is a huge temptation for us. And so that's one of the reasons why at this time of the year, they have said that one of the Lenten disciplines is fasting. Fasting from food or fasting from other things, but fasting allows us to reflect on our appetites, to notice how much they do control us. So this is the first temptation that we all face, appetite. The second one is affirmation. The text puts it this way. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus said to him, Again, it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. In this temptation, Jesus is taken up to the, the, the highest point of the temple in Jerusalem. And he is told by the devil to jump down so that everyone could see the angels save him, which would tell all the people who would see this spectacle who Jesus is, that he is the Son of God, that he is the Messiah. This public spectacle would then give him attention, and affirmation. We are all tempted by affirmation. In other words, we're tempted to define ourselves and who we are by what others think about us and what others say to us. Sometimes we look toward others to make us feel important or special. When we look toward others, this can hurt our own lives with God because we're looking outside of who God says we are, his beloved children, toward who others say we are. Our identity in this life, it is to come from God. It is not to come from uh, social media or the recognition and approval of others or people noticing us. Now, we all are going to fall victim to this one because we all look outside of ourselves for praise and affirmation. And we all do need some of this. But if that is what drives us, we are in trouble. Because, you know, sometimes people praise you and notice you, but a lot of times they don't. When others' opinions of us matter more than God's opinion of us, our spirituality becomes dry, and we become tossed around in life based on what people say about us. 
This is why one of the traditional practices of the Lenten season is to spend time doing things in secret. We heard that text on Ash Wednesday that we're called to do things for others, whether that's provide for others or care for others, and not to let others see it, so that we are doing it not for the affirmation. So this is our second temptation, affirmation. And here's the last one, ambition. The text says it this way. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their splendor, and he said to him, All these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. And then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. The temptation of ambition is that the devil took Jesus to a place and said, This is what I have for you if you will worship me. In other words, rule the world, Jesus. Forget the stuff you're supposed to do. Go to the cross and reconcile people to God and one another. We fall into this as well. Sometimes our ambitions to win or to be successful take us over, and we see it as the source of our identity, that we're more worthy or better if we're winning or things are going well than if we're not. Jesus meets us here with this temptation. And for this temptation, really all the temptations, he uses scripture to speak against it. And that is why a traditional tool during the season of Lent is that we would spend more time in the study of Scripture because Scripture will always remind us of who God is and who we are. So, what is your greatest temptation? What is the one that stops you in this life from being fully honest and humble before God. Your appetites, your need for affirmation, your ambition. I mean, here's the thing. We all will experience this in life. We all have appetites. We all want affirmation. We all are ambitious for various things. But we know that it's pretty easy for these to take us sideways. And that when they do, when they take us away from what is healthy, it chokes the space in our lives that God needs to fill. So, today, as we begin this season of Lent, we begin with the desire to become more honest and humble before God people who are aware of their appetites, their need for affirmation, and their ambitions. And so I'd like to invite you this week to do a couple things that will help you think about this more fully. The first is this. Spend some time reflecting on your relationship with God. You know, where are you at with God? Are you comfortable being truly who you are? 
Or is there too much pretense, too much avoidance? Reflect on where you are and what your next steps might be in moving forward to a deeper relationship. If you need a small group to be part of, we have new small groups. You can talk to Pastor Michelle after worship today, and we can hook you up with a community as you look at your relationship with God. And then second, I invite you to pray this scripture daily this week. It's pretty short. You could write it on a post-it or on your phone. It's a scripture that I think helps us really know where our place is as we walk into this season. So this is from Micah 6.8. Join with me in saying it. God has shown you, O mortal, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? To act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God. So may we be a people who this Lenten season are on the journey to be restored. Let us pray.